This is a West Wimmera Health Service podcast. Farmer wants a healthy life. Hello, Brigitte Muir here. I am a storyteller who used to be a mountain climber, and I've been calling the Wimmera home for the last 40 years. Dr. Rob Grenfell is the Director of Health and Biosecurity at CSIRO, the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization, which is an Australian government agency responsible for scientific research. There he manages a team of over 300 scientists who work in the areas of nutrition, health and biosecurity. Everything from weeds to the current COVID-19 outbreak, in fact who better to ask what zoonotic diseases are and how they affect us. Zoonotic diseases are, in fact, those uh, diseases that can be spread from animals to humans. And 60% of existing diseases in humans actually came from animals. And 75% of the new and emerging diseases are actually coming from animals. Now, here's some, some big ones here to understand. One is HIV, Ebola and influenza have been previously those that we've been most concerned about coming across from animals to humans, but now COVID-19 has entered the fray. And there are five new diseases that are emerging every year, and three of those are actually coming from animals. So this is actually a serious challenge for us and a serious problem. Can you tell me what people on the land needs to be careful of to avoid those diseases that seem to be everywhere? The first thing that you really need to understand is how could I be exposed to a zoonotic disease? So, you know, farmers, of course, have been exposed to diseases from their animals for, for very long and protracted periods of time. And uh, what are some of the measures? So understanding the various diseases means that you can understand the risks that, or the way you can mitigate those risks for having those diseases. So thinking about the zoonotic diseases in four distinct areas, one of those is contracting it from direct contact, and we'll talk about examples of that, aerosol, ingestion, or in fact, insect bites. So what diseases are we at risk of getting living on the land in this part of the world? The uh, many farmers who deal with stock would know that brucellosis was a challenge. Now, brucellosis is one of those you catch uh, from directly from the blood of infected cows. So the brucellosis immunisation program is one way of actually minimising that so you yourself don't catch it. The other one, if you're in dairy industries, is uh, leptospirosis. Leptospirosis, actually, you catch from the urine of infected cows. Again, if you're aware of this, um, it is still a major problem, particularly around the dairy farming areas. We don't have many in our area here. The other one that people may be aware of, uh, there's two that there are aerosol uh, spread. One's Q fever, which is a problem for people who run stock, particularly sheep or goats. And this is in fact actually a spore uh, that uh, generally you can get from infected wool or infected carcasses or in fact from shearing sheds. And we have had major immunisation programs for Q fever in the past uh, in the region to try to get this under control. Tell me, who gets immunisation? <laughs> Who gets the jab? Is it the animal or the person? No, with Q fever, it's the person who gets uh, gets uh, immunised. So there are varying sort of programs that go on where uh, stock workers will be lined up to do this. Abattoir workers are at particular risk because, as you can imagine, they are uh, certainly deeply exposed to the aerosolised uh, components from in potentially infected animals. Uh, you know, goats are, in f are probably the highest risk in this setting. But it is a disease that uh, has considerable long-term effects if people are to contract it. So it's something you don't want to catch. Anthrax, we know a lot about too. And anthrax, um, the spores can live 
for years in right. the environment. Now, uh, we're very lucky in Australia that um, uh, the outbreaks are few and far between, um, and they're usually in imported woolen materials, um, generally coming from, say, the Middle East or other places like that. You inhale anthrax and it creates the pustular spores. Very sensitive to penicillin, but you've got to recognise it. So these are, these are just two examples of diseases that, yes, you could catch here, uh, and I can certainly go through a range of others. That's the problem, I think, that there, there are so many symptoms and the fact that when you live on the land, you're on the farm and you're surrounded by animals and there's dust around, it could come from anywhere, really. Uh, look, you, we, have to, we have to remember, and farmers are absolutely uh, onto this one, is we're just part of the environment and the environment is part of us. And so as, as, as where you are, you need to take care. So the answer is... If you're looking at disease or sick animals, um, how much uh, dealing do I need to do with those? What sort of care and caution should I take when I'm going to be exposed to other potential body fluids of other animals? That's, that's an important step as well. Let's just think about, say, if you're a poultry farmer, the risks that you've got. So salmonella is a, is a perpetual problem in the poultry industry. You know, antibiotics are used on various occasions because chickens get sick from salmonella, but also the idea of when we're handling sick birds or we're actually slaughtering birds and handling those is, did you wash your hands before you ate? Did you wash your hands before you put your hands in your mouth? That's pretty simple, and that's how you don't catch it. Man's best friend, Campylobacter, is another bacteria that's... uh, Typically, you see in children, and, and this is just basically caught off dog feces, okay? Now, what are children doing? They're crawling around on the floor, they're playing things, and they're not washing their hands before they eat, or they're putting their hands in their mouth. Yeah, so, so there are sort of basic hygiene measures that you would actually have to look at as to, to where that fits. I guess in the sense of uh, the dust diseases, it's best to prevent the idea from sick animals or diseases actually coming onto your farm by identification of those, and if you've got concerns, to actually... Yes, do get um, veterinarian advice um, with regards to uh, what you're actually doing with those. If you've got worries with symptoms and other diseases, certainly speaking with your GP about particular concerns of animals is another thing that um, is, is a way of actually looking at this. Getting a farmer to the GP is the hardest part of the problem, though. Well, in this area, it's, it's, it's impossible, as in most rural areas of Australia. And as you know, I was a rural GP for most of my career. And I'm still quite despondent by the fact that there are not enough rural GPs around to supply the needs of the rural community. So most farmers are reluctant to get help, and that's a problem. What about mosquitoes? The weather is getting warmer all the time, it seems, and mosquitoes carry quite a few diseases, don't they? Well, again, this is another uh, easy way for zoonotic diseases to be spread. So we have got mosquito-borne diseases, and Australia's got uh, two particularly nasty ones, but we do have others that actually break out in the northern Australia. So we do have dengue fever outbreaks in northern Australia. We have the potential for malaria outbreaks um, if someone brings it in, but we've eradicated malaria largely by finding people with it and treating them, which is uh, largely what we do with dengue outbreaks. We do a lot of control. The other challenge we've got is Ross River. We've got an outbreak of Ross River at the moment, and it tends to occur in seasons like we're having now. The water down here, down south, means the birds in the dry seasons further north that come down here and live, they bring the virus with them, the mosquitoes bite them, and then the mosquitoes bite us, and we get Ross River, because Ross River runs through Townsville, and that's where it was first found. 
The other one, which is particularly nasty, is um, it used to be called Murray Valley encephalitis. It's now, in fact, called Australian encephalitis. In the in the 1970s, I think uh, those of us who are old enough would remember that there was there were a number of deaths along towns like Echuca and Swan Hill, where people caught this uh, particularly nasty virus from mosquito bites, got severe brain damage, and died. Now it occurs during potential season areas. Now this particular season, uh, we would be expecting that Murray Valley encephalitis could be picked up. We have what's called sentinel chicken flocks along the Murray River where wow. those, those chickens are regularly bled and their blood is tested to see whether or not they've actually got Murray Valley encephalitis virus on board. Now, if they have, then the warning goes to the community is you must strictly avoid mosquito bites because the virus is now around. Chicken patrols. Yeah, chicken patrols in that sense. Now, the other insects that uh, we've got a lot of particular interest in and we're doing a lot more research, there's a lot of controversy around about tick viruses and infections. Ticks can spread viruses and they can spread um, a particular bacteria called rickettsia, which can cause long and slow and relapsing fevers. Now, everybody's heard of Lyme disease, but pure Lyme disease is not in Australia as it stands. But there are rickettsial infections or spotted fevers that you can catch from ticks in Australia. On the, on the other side of it is um, some of the other viral infections, particularly are problematic for animal health. So uh, I'm pleased to say that the Australian government is supporting my teams to actually look at uh, and collect a lot more information on tick-borne infections in Australia. Do we have any ticks in this part of the world? I've never seen any. Every single mammal has ticks. Really? Yes. There's, a, there's, there's ticks that specialise in, in, in our native wildlife. They're not necessarily the same ticks that will live off um, our, our farm life. So there's, there's different species or subspecies of ticks which generally um, uh, related to the, their particular animal. And yes, humans can certainly inadvertently pick up ticks. <laughs> So what would be the advice to give people if they want to get out of bed in the morning and be reasonably safe in their environment on a farm? The most important thing is, is to be aware and to look at uh, a lot of the um, advice that uh, you can get from certainly vet sources and Animal Health. Animal Health Australia's got some fantastic information for anyone working in the livestock area, and that's freely available on the web. The other part of that is basic things such as if you're in dusty environments, you probably should consider, should I be exposed to the dust that's coming through or how clean or what risks might be there? If I'm killing animals, are they sick animals or what's the health of those? Washing your hands face mask coverage, that sort of stuff is in fact actually a sensible idea, particularly a visor over your face so that I don't get blood spattering all over my eyes and in my nose and mouth because that's how you could catch things. So it's basic OHNS. Yeah, well, look, again, uh, it's, I'm glad you brought that up. This is basic safety on the work site. And let's face it, farms are some of the most dangerous work sites of any work site whatsoever. And we really need to minimise risks. It's an OHS um, imperative so that everybody who's working on your farm, including yourself, is actually protected against risks. Anything else you would like to tell people living on the land? Well, of course, there's so many other risks on the farm we could go on for days. But I think the one thing is, is that if you, um, if you have concerns, find out. And the second part is, is, is that we know that um, particularly farmers are reluctant to seek help and advice uh, for whatever their health problem is. Please seek help and advice because you're actually not um, a problem in that sense. You're a problem if you don't get it. And I guess you don't have to have a physical visit to the GP anymore now. Thanks to COVID-19, that's probably the only good thing that came out of it. You can have a telehealth 
consultation from the comfort of your own home, can't you? <laughs> yeah, I've been working towards this one for my whole career and I'm glad that it's starting. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rob. Uh, my pleasure. That was Dr. Robert Grenfell, Director of Health and Biosecurity at CSIRO. Well, I'm off to wash my hands. Farmer wants a healthy life.